In this episode, I'm talking about the impact that the body of Christ could have if we had a real conversation about God's intention when he created the body. And I want to think through how we might reshape body image and discussions with ourselves and our children and our Christian communities around human sexuality if we were able to affirm that it's God-breathed and that his intention, a part of his intention, a part of the gift that he gave us is our body. So we're going to delve into that. Hope you stick to listen. developed really, really wild ideologies about our body. And I don't always think that the way that we think about our body is really scriptural. I think it is a detriment to us when the only time that we talk about our bodies is when we're talking about obesity and its connection with scriptures like don't you know that your body is a temple and unfortunately if we only talk about our bodies in church within the context of weight gain and weight loss then we develop from my perspective an image of our bodies that may not be scriptural I think that when we excavate sexuality, quite frankly, from religion, it's likely going to result in all the drama and trauma and confusion that we experience already, right? And I don't really know the solution to this, but I know that it's a conversation that we need to have. What is the church's role in teaching about body image? Actually, let's start even further back. How have we contributed to negative images about our body in general? Um, Growing up as a church kid, there was a lot of activities and well let me not say activities there were a lot of cultural act well i keep flowing back to activities so okay fine there were a lot of cultural activities that really scrutinized if you will the way that people looked and to be completely honest scrutinized the way that women looked Right. There was always a lot of talk about what women should or shouldn't wear. 
very rarely, um, and, and sometimes um, women were over-sexualized, sometimes they were under-sexualized, sometimes their sexual identity was connected to their partner, the person that they were married, and there was sometimes admonition over the pulpit about, quote-unquote, keeping a husband um, in relation to you know, like wearing the right thing or being the right thing. And I noticed that there was this, there's this great objectification of women's bodies and there was rarely any commentary around men and their bodies and how they should see their bodies and how they should develop their identity. And I thought that that was interesting. And just, just in reflecting about it, I wonder if you're a church person, I want you to consider like how many times when you were young did you hear over the pulpit or from a leader or in a group um, where you were being taught did you hear about body image and representations of body image that was appropriate for both genders like i can i'm i'm stretching my brain to remember that but Anyway, I'm wondering if we can imagine a world where every Christian child was told that their body and the image that they cultivate about their bodies should really be centered in the body that God created for them, which is perfect. Um... I wonder how it would frame sexual identity and sexual preferences and sexual practices if there was no fear about talking about the body in relation to self-worth, uh, the body in relation to um, honoring God, the body in connection to seeing it as the handiwork of God. I wonder if people would think differently about their bodies if they were affirmed as sexual beings at young ages. And I, when I say affirm, I'm not saying acknowledged because there are ways that we learned that we were sexual beings that weren't always healthy and they craft how we even view ourselves even into adulthood. But I wonder what the world would be like if the affirmation of our sexual identity, our sexual being came from our pastor. And I think it is a really critical discussion to have in a world where Christians are condemning the introduction of whether it be same-sex um, marriage as culturally acceptable in classroom settings or whatever it might be, I don't think it's right for the religious community to be critical of conversations that are happening in pop culture and in the classroom that we are unable to have 
at church or even at the dinner table within our families. There are some subjects that we have made off limits at home and we leave our children to be introduced to certain concepts and ideas from textbooks and culture and pop culture and the identity of whomever is teaching, right? And I think it's a shame sometimes that people learn more about their identity from their teacher or their principal or their coach than they learn from their parents and from church. And I don't want to get lost in that, but I just want to say that that is something that I really have been considering. Um, a few weeks ago, a person close to me said that they were considering whether they would be a sex positive preacher. And I asked them a little bit more about what they meant by that, and they kind of explained it. And it was not necessarily like that they were going to become um, rambunctious and out of control in their sexual identity and their way of talking and expressing it. But they were talking about how do I affirm God's intention for sex over the pulpit in a way that is radical but affirming at the same time and like still in the context of God's word. And that was a part of what, you know, really made me think about this podcast. But let me tell you, it puzzles me. So I, I love the apostle Paul, but I also really love the old Testament. And there's this juxtaposition that I really have been wrestling with. Uh, and what it is, is Adam and Eve were in the garden. They had no, um, they had no apprehension or cognizance of their nakedness until they sinned, right? When they were subjected to sin, the Bible says that they covered themselves out of shame, right? And... I wonder what we can pull from that, right? As people, how our nakedness or the the, the representation of our body um, became something negative when we were exposed to sin. I've been juxtaposing that with Paul's admonition that when we are married, we become one flesh. And I think that that's interesting because it's almost like Christ is inviting us back to the original intention for our body, right? Within the context of Christendom, of course, right? To see ourselves as naked in an affirming way one flesh, right, united in matrimony and biblical marriage. I just think that that's interesting. I, I, I wonder how we got from the glory of our bodies to the shame of our bodies, and then 
why God wanted the Apostle Paul to reconcile us back to the original intention of our body through marriage. I think that that's a beautiful thing. Um, I, I just think that the body is such a beautiful thing. And it's over-sexualized in a shameful way to the extent that people learn how to view their body from even the perspective of sin, right? And when we teach particularly about sex and masturbation and pornography and all of those things, we never teach the other part of that, like the beauty of God's creation as a body, right? And I think that we should find a way. I think we should find a way. The other thing that I see happening a lot, and I actually have posted about this on Facebook, is that whether it be in the Catholic community or other reformations where men and women who are committed in ministry are finding ways to be affirmed sexually or finding ways to be affirmed, their bodies to be affirmed through their gifting is becoming more and more prevalent. And what I mean by that is you see more minstrels or preachers or people who are called to ministry becoming more like sex icons in the way that they present themselves in dress because essentially what I think is happening is they're getting attention or their bodies are getting attention that they never got outside of the context of church because they were never taught that their bodies could be affirmed. And so you look at preachers like Matthew Stevenson, and I mean, the list is very long. He comes to mind uh, first because he's most scrutinized about his physical appearance. And when I look at like his presentation um, in comparison to a more modest presentation, I wonder if a part of what he is manifesting is a result of nobody telling him that or nobody affirming him as a young person and him coming into the realization that his body is valuable and beautiful and powerful 
like in late in in later stages of life. I don't even I don't know if any of this makes sense, but it's a part of what my mind has really been trying to wrap itself around. How do I learn who I am and who I'm intended to be as a body? Right. And I know people, I know we've been preaching at church, oh, you know, yeah, the body is dust and, you know, like it's going to go back to the ground and la, 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 la. I get that. Um, I get that we shouldn't glorify flesh. Um, I get that God called us and we are spiritual beings having a natural experience. I get that. But there's something to be said about God's intention around the body. Like he created Adam with all of these specificities and, and, and unique features. And then when he realized that Adam needed someone else, the very thing that he created, the body, he decided to take part of that body and create a new body to be in fellowship with another human. And, and, and it was beautiful to him. The Bible says that God realized that all his creation was good, right? And then sin entered and then shame entered. And so how do we remove the sin and the shame from our body image so that we can teach about the body differently? I think that's all I'm, I think that's all I'm, I'm wondering, right? Is how do we get young people in environments where the affirmation for who they are comes from God early so that they would not have gotten neglected through their adolescence and then be looking for that affirmation in the wrong places. Like if they can receive that affirmation through their Christian experience, then what can the pimp or the sex trafficker tell them that they have not already heard? Right. Um, I'm trying to think about my experience. I don't know if anybody ever told me that my body was beautiful and that it was created by God, the physical body, like not just being dust and dirt and clay, but that who I am, right, is God's intentional design. Like he wanted me to be who I am. And I'm not just a, 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 a sexual being. I'm not all, I'm not at all saying that God just was like, I'm creating Dominique to be a sexual being. But I'm saying that a part of my identity that, and a part of God's intention for me um, was that I would be, I would have the capacity to procreate which means I would have the capacity to be desired, right? Which means that I would have the capacity to do what it takes to be desired, but also to naturally be desirable, 
right? Um, and so I don't just attract people with my, and you know, one of the things that we do that I think is really interesting is we say, oh, well, you know, women are emotional and they make emotional connections and men are just physical. I think we should take a, I think, I think we should back up from that too, because women are physical too. But even at the inception, when God creates Adam and he creates Eve, Adam had so many beautiful things to look at before God created Eve, right? And so God knew, and I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I, maybe I'm stretching, but I believe that God was like, there's everything that's beautiful and perfect in its original shameless state, I have revealed to Adam physically. I've got to create a specimen, a body, a being that is superior, if you will, to what Adam has already been exposed to, to the point where he is encouraged to recreate other humans, but also to be in fellowship. So Adam's body was important to God because he used Adam's body to create Eve's body so that they, in fellowship and matrimony or whatever, could create other bodies. I don't know if this makes sense. It's some of this I didn't even write down. I don't know. I just it's something that I've been want that I've been that I've been thinking about. Um because whether it's in my capacity as a youth pastor or a person who grew up in church or an educator, I see a lot of trends in the way that people view themselves and they get to know themselves and they adorn themselves when they don't know the value of their body. And... I think we need to address it. Um, and I guess I wonder why God would institute intercourse if he could have essentially set it up so that, boom, Adam looked at Eve and spoke into her womb and boom, right? Like, he had a plan for attraction that was that that was the becoming of one flesh that Paul talks about um i love paul as an example because he we don't know what kind of sexual being he was i think we kind of think about that a little bit but one thing that we do know is that he understood the body as an important thing because he talked about one flesh. 
he knew the value of partnership and matrimony, even though as far as we know, he did not experience it. And I think that that's powerful. Um, one of the things that he says is particularly in first Corinthians, the seventh chapter, uh, in the seventh verse, he says, I wish that all were as myself, but each has his own gift from God. One of, of one kind and one of another. And this particular text, he's talking about the gift of marriage or the capacity to be married. And he's talking about how he may not specifically have that gift to give, right? But he recognizes that it is a gift that some people have. And in recognition of that gift, he talks about the power of being one flesh. And the process that we have in our common day around marriage can often be, especially the way that we teach it, can be absent of real discourse about honoring the body. And we're not talking about how to put on makeup or deodorant, but the power of the body. I think I'll end here. Mm -hmm. But I hope this generates some discussion for you. I hope this generates some um, thinking about how you talk to your children or your cousin or your brother or your family members or how you even experience your body. I think we have to ask ourselves, am I experiencing my body the way that heaven does? And what am I saying about God's creation when I say things like, oh, I'm just clay? What was God's intention for this body? Why did he give it to me? And what am I called to do with it? The reality is, is that one of the ways that God gets glory out of our lives is through our body. Okay. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, 25 minutes and 18 seconds. Season with soul, with soul, with soul.